Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined once again by returning guest Nick Myers, CEO and co-founder of Red Fox AI. Nick, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks as always for having me again, Alex. Always a pleasure. So before we get into uh, some of our discussion topics for today, I just wanted to uh, note for our, our listeners that you were recognized in the Best of Madison Awards, Best of Madison Business Awards this year, which is Pretty exciting. Named as this year's Brian Howell Excellence in Innovation Awardee. So wanted to say congrats on that, first of all, and just kind of hear your thoughts about uh, what that means. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And of course, completely honored, grateful, humbled, all of the above to have been recognized with that this year, right? So of course, when Madison Magazine reached out to us about that, I was, of course, just came out of left field, didn't expect that whatsoever. And, and, you know, I, I honestly, I felt kind of bad because I had never even heard of uh, Best of Madison Business Awards up until then. Of course, I know the Best of Madison, you know, every year, you know, people vote on, you know, how many different categories, you know, businesses around uh, Madison. But I did not know that they also have, you know, it seems like a separate part of that to recognize, you know, business leaders from around the community. So when Andy Bailing reached out, of course, was completely humbled, excited, all of the above. Um, and yeah, it just feels great to know that the community is behind us and that they really do, you know, everybody does believe in the technology solution we're bringing to market to help improve, you know, home diagnostics and, and patient engagement in healthcare. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Just really great to see that recognition. And for listeners who want to learn more about kind of the background on Red Fox AI, as I've said, I've had Nick on the show a few times before. I'll have a link below to the previous podcast, and you can kind of follow that chain of links to get the full the full picture there. Uh, because we're going to um, jump right into an update on the business. You know, Nick, last time we spoke on the podcast, I believe was in summer 2023. So, just hoping you can kind of share an update on what you what you've been up to since then. You know, any big changes with the business, or just what you've been grappling with? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think first and foremost, we were able to close out the year with two customer contracts, which is great. So of course, any startup will tell you that's the number one thing that we're all shooting for, right? Is to, you know, deploy our products and services for customers. So that's really exciting. As we look ahead into quarter one here, we have several new opportunities in our pipeline that we're hoping to close, if not by the end of this quarter, at least next quarter. So at least for the first time, really, since we've started Red Fox, we're starting to get some great customer traction, which which is amazing, um, you know, and, and the next goal is to execute on those customer contracts to really get our solution out into the marketplace, right? So I think that has been very positive. And, you know, I, I can't remember when we spoke last time. I mean, I feel like every time we talk, you know, you're always fundraising, you're always trying to navigate the VC space. You know, I think for us, it's still one of those things where we chose to open our round at the best time. Um, you know, in the in the middle of 2023, you know, in the depths of the worst VC market uh, in 10 years. Now, with that right. being said, you know, I feel like, you know, we've always been able to continuously run 
Red Fox as a lean operation. So, you know, we've had a lot of investor discussions, you know, some proceed forward, some don't. But at the end of the day, you know, we continue to be cash efficient. Um, and ultimately, you know, I'm excited to share, you know, I, I can't name who the investment will be coming from, but we are working on an investment from um, a known VC in, in Wisconsin that's going to, you know, ultimately uh, work into a larger opportunity and partnership for us. So um, in terms of a channel partnership, so hopefully we'll be able to share who that is soon. Um, so that's exciting, I think, on the whole. And then, you know, I think we're just facing the reality of what a lot of startups face right now, right, is where you're starting to get customer traction. You know that revenue is going to be coming down the pipeline, but, you know, cash flow and there's a cash gap that a lot of startups face. We, you know, at this point in time are facing that. So really a lot of my efforts lately have been, you know, how many different individual investors can I talk to who might be willing to come and invest in the company under, you know, a convertible or something to make it quick. That way we have some more operating capital to get us to the revenue that we as expected down the pipeline. Um, you know, of course, we are continuing to raise a larger round because we know what milestones we need to hit. We know the capital required to do that. So, you know, I think in terms of just the overall VC landscape, right, I, I feel like we've we've turned over a lot of the stones in Wisconsin and even, you know, to some degree in the Midwest. So I'm not going to be shy about saying I think moving forward, a lot of our efforts is going to be focused, you know, outside of the Midwest, whether that be on the West Coast, East Coast, um, wherever you can find somebody who believes in what you're doing enough to to say, you know what, we know that there's scalability here. You seem to really believe in your milestones. You know, here's a check and we can be a long term partner to help you realize this vision. So um, wherever that's going to come from, open to open to uh, taking a look, regardless of geographics. Right. Terrific. Well, that's really great to hear, Nick. And uh, having you on the show a few times over the years, it's great to hear about your your journey and, and path as you, as your business has progressed. Um, so that's excellent. And uh, I also wanted to get your perspective, you know, as someone who's working directly in the field of AI, you hear a lot of people across almost every conceivable sector talk about the potential of artificial intelligence, what kind of impact it's going to have. And as someone who's really working with it firsthand, I, I want to get your perspective on, I guess, some of the latest developments we've been seeing in this space. There's been some almost like startling leaps forward in the capacity for AI just in the past year um, with its ability to generate content and things like that. Just curious about your thoughts on this, this rapidly evolving field, how it might affect your industry or just thoughts on the technology writ large. Oh, do I have thoughts? No, no <laughs> seriously, like a lot has happened in the last year. I mean, even from when Brett, my co-founder and I entered the AI space back in like 2017, just the amount of transformation that's taken place in, you know, five, six years has been really astounding to watch. And of course, you know, OpenAI is leading a lot of this, of course, the renewed interest, you know, across the spectrum in the public consciousness of AI really happened with ChatGPT. And I'm sure as you saw last week, you know, they were like, oh, we now have this video creation tool where you can prompt it and it will generate Hollywood quality like movies related to the prompt. So, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, right, to see the advancements being made. Um, but I think where we sit, right, and, and this might be the data privacy and, and regulatory piece of me talking, these advancements are great. Don't get me wrong. It's I mean, we can already see, I think, the transformation that AI is bringing to multiple sectors across the economy. But we also have to remind ourselves that it's not a bad thing to also slow down. Because, you know, I use social media as a reference point, and you can see this actually starting to play out again, 
even with government regulation. And I think this is why we're seeing the federal government specifically take a much more hands-on approach with AI because they realize the deficiencies that happened in social media and by not regulating social media in any capacity, you know, it's been great to have these tools, right? And it's connected people around the world, but I think we can also agree it's caused a lot of problems at the same time that might not have happened if there was some more regulation in place. So that's one thing we're going to continue to see is a deep interest from regulatory bodies around the world, both in Europe, Asia, and North America on this technology is great, but how do we make it safe and sustainable and accessible for everybody? So that's one thing I've started to see as a true trend that's been emerging. Um, another thing too, and, and this is actually part of you know what I spoke to, we're receiving some investment in a long-term partnership, you know, fingers crossed um, until I can announce that. But part of the interest from the folks we're talking to is, you know, the system that Red Fox operates, you know, we're quantifying and calling it a constrained AI system, right? And we're starting to see the emergence of constrained AI systems, which have been around for a bit, and also non-constrained AI systems, which are your generative AI systems like ChatGPT, uh, Google Bard, et cetera, right? And there is a unique value proposition and a market need for both. And there are a lot of industries, specifically the more regulated ones like healthcare, finance, energy, that at this point in time really cannot adopt a non-constrained AI system like ChatGPT or a generative AI system because the information and the data that you're working with is very regulated. It needs to be 110% accurate, and you cannot have an AI system potentially making something up or generating something that is not accurate and giving that to users in the case of healthcare patients, et cetera. So we're really starting to see that bifurcation of these two different channels of AI, both constrained and non-constrained. And the more we start talking, of course, being a healthcare-focused AI company, you know, they all assume that we use a generative AI system or a large language model. We don't. And the reason being is because we know that the information that we train our AI system on has to be 110% accurate and verifiable. And we cannot generate something new out of thin air, especially when it comes to guiding a patient through an FDA-approved instruction set for a medical device or a home diagnostic. So we fall into that constrained AI bucket. And I think we're going to start seeing more solutions in these two categories. Each has their own unique industry applications, but there's going to be a huge value for both in terms of capability and which industries can adopt each of these more readily. So I think on the regulated industry side, you're going to see a lot of shift towards constrained AI systems because they fit, you know, you know, industries that, that require data to be very specific and structured. And then there's a lot of industries, you know, maybe more in hospitality, travel, et cetera, that can use a non-constrained AI system like generative AI because the information doesn't need to be as, you know, quantifiably accurate, we'll use that term. So um, that's kind of what I'm seeing in, in recent trends. And I think we're going to continue on the whole just to see very rapid advancements with the technology. Um, but I highly encourage everybody, as, as exciting as it is, just be cognizant of, you know, how we can put some much needed protections in place at the same time to make sure that we don't run into some of the similar issues we did with the social media platforms. Absolutely. Great, Nick. Well, really great to hear your thoughts on that difference, the constrained versus non-constrained, the sort of regulatory framework, all really interesting stuff. And uh, obviously will be uh, factors to keep an eye on going forward, both within your industry and from my perspective as a business reporter. So 
Um, thank you so much for taking the time to share the latest update on where your business is headed to talk about the greater landscape. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, Nick. Absolutely, Alex. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.